breath control. It's critical for increasing and maintaining the structural integrity of the trunk while under heavy loads. That's a direct quote from a major publication on strength and performance training. I'll tell you where that came from in just a few minutes. Welcome to the Ardella Training Podcast, where we bridge the gaps in strength, performance, and injury prevention. My name is Scott Ardella. I'm your host, and welcome to episode 218, where I'll share with you the importance of breathing or breath control as it relates to strength training. And I'll share with you four specific practices or techniques you can use for breathing so that you maximize performance and minimize risk for injury. So this is going to be a very high value session. And I actually thought a lot about this and I encourage you to listen through because these techniques apply, whether you're a novice or advanced in your training. Now, before we get into the session, I did want to uh, tell you a little bit about what's going on. And as you may have noticed, if you're a regular listener to the show that I missed a session. I missed the podcast last week. Uh, things have been extremely hectic for me in the past couple weeks, and it's very rare for me to miss a week. And I'm working to finish some of my projects that uh, seem to be taking quite a long time, in addition to having really a full plate with everything else that I do in my life right now. And on top of that, each and every episode takes several hours of work. That's right, several hours of work for each and every episode that you get to hear. And the reality is that I need to get caught up. I really do. I have so many great things that I'm trying to finish through to completion that I can share with you in the near future. And the bottom line is that uh, I'm back this week, but I'm going to take off next week and possibly the week after that so that I can finish up some of these projects and have some great things to share with you in the very near future. Now, with that said, I have several phenomenal interviews that I've already done. They're already in the can, so to speak. And, um, I just need to take a step back here on the show. So please bear with me over the next couple of weeks and we will be back bigger, better, and stronger. That is a promise. I'm working on uh, projects, and some of those projects have to do with this podcast and making the podcast even better. So stay tuned and bear with me, and thank you so much for your patience. Now, with that said, let's get right into the content this week. And this is a topic actually that I've wanted to share for some time. It is so important. Breathing is so important. And for me personally, I never really understood the importance of breathing early in my training, certainly as a bodybuilder for so many years when I never gave two thoughts about breathing during training. And that's just the truth. It was only when I discovered kettlebells and specifically in my very first kettlebell workshop that I attended that's when I had a epiphany moment and I started to realize the importance of breathing at that point and how much that means in terms of improving athletic performance and training performance and what a huge difference that makes. And when I learned how to breathe properly, it was a almost instantaneous shift in my improvement in my training. And I really believe that to be true. I simply wasn't aware of how important breathing was specific to training for a long, long time. Now, I think that we all know that it is important, but do we truly understand how much of an impact 
it has in maximizing our strength, power, and training effectiveness. So, you know, why is breathing so important? Well, in the most simple terms, it significantly contributes to maximizing performance, as I'm going to get into, and then also minimizing the risk for injury. So it's a huge, huge benefit. Um, One thing that I read, well, I read several things. One thing that uh, I made note of here is that a rigid spine is necessary to help reduce pressure on the intervertebral discs and has been noted to reduce disc pressure by 20 to 40%, according to Professor Vladimir Zatsiorsky, the very well-known and highly respected strength scientist. So the bottom line here is that we need stability in our spine. We need stability in our spine. I'll talk more about this as we go along here. Now, I've got four techniques or practices you could use right now to improve your breathing and ultimately improve your performance. Now, I realize that I'm going to have to do some video follow-ups on these, so look for them soon on Instagram. As a matter of fact, one of these Uh, I did already post a video on, and I'll tell you about that in just a minute. So the first technique is really simple, and you've heard about it probably many, many times, maybe even here on the podcast because we've talked about it. But the first technique is simple diaphragmatic breathing. Again, we know about this. We've heard about the importance, and simple diaphragmatic breathing is where great breathing starts. I still use this simple technique in many different ways, whether inside or outside of a training session, this is really the fundamental breathing exercise, diaphragmatic breathing. So here's what you do. If you're listening to this right now and you're not driving or doing anything technical, you can place your hands on your stomach and simply inhale through your nose and exhale through your mouth. As you exhale through your mouth, you should feel tension in your abdominals. Uh, Tensing the abs is key here. And You should also feel the expansion of your stomach in your hands to increase the activity of the diaphragm muscle. And really the way I like to do this is laying on my back in a supine position. Again, hands on the stomach. Inhale, feel the hands rise on your stomach, and then exhale and create a little bit of tension into your abdomen as you do that. Remember that one of the goals in performance breathing is to form a rigid corset around your spine as you lift heavy loads. The best analogy for this is the soda can or the cylinder effect. Again, if you think of a rigid cylinder, that is what you are creating with a good breathing pattern. So you're creating a cylinder or a soda can, uh, that same effect around your spine to support your spine. As you breathe out, you create this mild tension. And if you think about a beer can or a soda can, the tension should be uh, just like that. And if you leak breathing, then there would be a chink in the can, and that would cause the can to crumble under pressure. So it is very important to, uh, again, create the tension here and feel the expansion of the uh, abdomen as you inhale and the tension as you exhale. Once again, I want to repeat that simple diaphragmatic breathing is where great breathing begins. It's where peak performance begins. And this simple technique can be done anytime, anywhere, and we can all work to become better breathers, just like we can all work to become better movers. Moving on to technique number two, 
And uh, this is really a progression from what I just talked about, really. And I'm going to call this kettlebell assisted breathing technique. This diaphragmatic breathing technique should be done in the supine position, again, laying on your back. And if you have a light kettlebell, you place the kettlebell on your abdomen and then you use this as proprioceptive and tactile feedback. Now, you can use a medicine ball, which works equally as well, but here's what it looks like. You're laying on your back and you inhale diaphragmatically, as I have just explained. The kettlebell is laying horizontally with the handle facing upward towards your head, and then what you do is you inhale through your nose and you will see the bottom of the kettlebell or the base of the kettlebell should rise on your stomach. And as you exhale, the kettlebell should sink gently back down. Again, you are maintaining this tension in your abdomen, this mild tension. And again, I will put together a video and uh, post that on Instagram. So stay tuned for that. Now, this is very simple to do and an excellent technique that provides this uh, great feedback system on diaphragmatic breathing because you can visually see the kettlebell rising when you're inhaling and, and the abdomen expands. And then you can also feel this. You can feel the kettlebell or medicine ball, if that's what you're using, as you inhale and exhale. Uh, again, I want to reaffirm to keep the tension on the abs. And this is when the kettlebell or medicine ball will really help you because it allows you to uh, increase the tension a little bit because you have a, a, a light weight or load resting on your abdomen. Breathe slowly and controlled, and I'll typically perform anywhere from 5, 10, maybe even as high as 20 repetitions in this manner. And that's whether I do it with a kettlebell, medicine ball, or simply just doing um, the first technique, which is uh, unassisted diaphragmatic breathing. Again, this can this technique specifically can be an excellent primer uh, prior to your training session to uh, facilitate breathing and to provide valuable feedback on diaphragmatic breathing technique. So this is a really nice technique to use that provides feedback, which is why I like this one. All right, moving on to technique number three, and this is where we get into breathing techniques during a training session. So this technique I'm going to call the hiss, which is essentially power breathing. And what I did is I recently posted a video on Instagram of myself doing a kettlebell swing, and you should be able to hear the audio in that video, and that is me doing the hiss technique that I'm about to explain. And this is really, really key uh, to training, specifically with kettlebell training. But power breathing is really important for many lifts. And what power breathing is, is essentially matching controlled exhalation with force production. It's creating the same tension in the stomach that we've already discussed in the previous techniques. And by far, this is the most common or one of the most common mistakes or challenges I see with the novice kettlebell enthusiast. It's not using power breathing techniques to maximize their training effectiveness. Granted, it does take some learning. It does take some time, especially if you're not used to it. 
but anybody can easily learn this and it will make a huge difference in training performance. If you're not using your breath and timing your breath with the movement pattern, then you're not only losing power, but you're not taking advantage of the benefits of spinal stability. So here's where the session gets a little weird because I'm telling you this works and forget about the noise that I'm about to make because I'm going to demonstrate the hiss technique because here's what it sounds like. At the end of a kettlebell swing, it's a s, s, s. That is the release, the controlled release of air at the top of the kettlebell swing. And you swing a bell and it sounds essentially like that. Now we're all different and we're all going to make a little bit uh, different noise with our hissing technique, but that is essentially it. You're generating power when you need it the most. Whether you actually hiss or not is not so important because not everybody does do that, but I found that that is what works the best. And uh, what is important is to have a slow controlled timing and release of air during the swing or any lift when you need it. And when you think about the hiss, it is a exhalation technique that goes back to the diaphragmatic breathing techniques that we've already discussed. Power breathing specifically matches breath to force production. So when you swing the kettlebell forward, you exhale or hiss and you release that air right at the right time. The purpose, once again, is to release air to increase the trunk stability and increase force or power. Again, this is the whole theme of what we're talking about. Maximize performance and minimize risk for injury. In the work of Dr. Zatsiorski, once again, he has stated that with strength training exercises specifically, breathing should be matched biomechanically where the exhalation matches the force production. This is very, very important. And then the last technique that we're going to talk about is simply breath holding or what's known as the Valsalva maneuver. In many cases, you need to take a deep breath and hold it when lifting heavy loads. This is known as the Valsalva technique, which is taking a deep breath and bearing down. Uh, this is a very functional and natural thing that we do in day-to-day -day activity, actually, even besides lifting. And it's this technique, this Valsalva technique is actually something that is often debated and I'm not going to get into all the science and research here which has been written about extensively I would actually encourage you to uh, look at the work by Dr. Jonathan Sullivan who I interviewed on episode number 201 if you haven't heard that episode it's a great session so I would highly recommend listening to that with Dr. Jonathan Sullivan and we did touch on the Valsalva technique in that episode. And there's also some links to some of his work about this breathing practice in the show notes for that episode. So check that out. So back to breath holding here. If you think of the clean and jerk, if you think of the barbell squat, if you think of the deadlift, this breathing technique is used in all of these and is critical to performance and safety in these lifts. Again, what I've already covered, it is creating the rigid corset, the cylinder effect around the spine by taking an appropriate breath, a inhalation, and holding it throughout the lift. 
Again, the timing of the exhalation will depend. It will depend on a couple of factors. But you want to think about maximizing trunk stability here and preventing the risk for injury. This technique does need to be used with discretion and should be experimented with depending on the individual's background, for example. And the question might be, how long do you hold your breath for under a specific lift before releasing air? The real answer is that it depends, but you do want to maintain the breath holding technique for as long as needed to maintain trunk stability. Again, it will depend on the lift. It may depend on the experience of the lifter and uh, the technique that is being used. There should be some awareness, of course, around any dizziness or lightheadedness with this type of lifting technique. Again, that's where it goes back to experience of the lifter. But, uh, you know, we could really probably do an entire episode specifically on the Valsalva maneuver, this breath-holding technique, to get into the science and the rationale and what some of the literature has shown on this. But what is important to understand here is the concept, again, of creating stability and tension under heavy lifts, which is universal and critically important. The holding and the release of breath is central to lifting performance. And the next time you get under the bar or under the bell, pay attention to your breath. And if you take a stabilizing breath prior to the lift and note when you release the air as well. This is something that I am always working on myself and I'm always aware of the timing of the stabilizing breath and the release of air. So just to recap the four techniques that I discussed here, it starts with simple diaphragmatic breathing, number one. The next progression would be the kettlebell-assisted breathing technique, and this is more of a progression from simple diaphragmatic breathing. And then I covered the two techniques that are used with training specifically, and they are the power breathing technique or the hiss, and then the breath-holding technique or the Valsalva maneuver. So these are very, very important for training performance. Now, the opening quote that I read in the beginning of this podcast comes from Greg Everett's book, Olympic Weightlifting. Now, if you've heard the show before, you know that I love this book. It is an amazing resource for weightlifting and performance training. And what's interesting is if you look at all the progressions that Greg covers in his book, Breathing and trunk stabilization is the very first progression listed in this reference. It's that important, folks. So once again, it's been said that all great athletic performance starts with breathing, and it is true. Breathing is fundamental to performance. And once again, we can all become better breathers. So I hope you enjoyed this session, guys. I hope you got value out of it. As always, if you have any questions about this, please uh, find me online at ardellatraining.com. Reach out to me there, and I appreciate you joining me for the show this week. Stay tuned for new great guests coming your way and amazing sessions coming your way in the next couple of weeks. As I mentioned, I will probably be off the next week or couple of weeks, and then we will be back and rolling again. So, uh, Last thing, guys, make sure to go to ardellatraining.com forward slash join for some great free giveaways and to become part of the community there. And then also you can find me at 
Instagram at Ardello Training. You check out some of the videos of things that I talk about in this week's show. Thank you guys, and we'll talk again soon. Take care.